It's the holiday season. So whoop-dee-doo and dippity-duck. And don't forget, I don't give a fuck. It's a little spooky, everybody. How you doing today? This is a podcast about things that scare us a little bit. That song. Like aliens, cryptids, conspiracies, and I I guess this song. I am Colleen. Just kidding. I'm Everett. I'm Colleen. <laughs> How you doing today, Colleen? I'm good how are you <laughs> i'm good i'm i'm excited because it is a week until christmas mm-hmm. it's that christmas season what do you hope daddy krampus brings for you this <laughs> daddy cramp uh daddy krampus i'm hoping he doesn't kill me i, I feel like i've been a good boy this year mm-hmm. but what i really want is for people to realize what the true meaning of christmas I thought is you were gonna say world peace <laughs> what is the true meaning of christmas that Christians co-opted Christmas and it's a pagan holiday. So it's Yule. You'll regret that. Oh, jeez. All right. <laughs> well, I am going to start this episode by asking you a question. I might have an answer. Who can you trust? I don't even trust myself. Exactly. How do you know what's real? I I don't. I actually constantly worry that we're in a simulation all the time. See? You're one of those. You're not a sheeple. You're a people. (laughs) I don't think I'm even a people. You're hashtag woke. I think I'm just a series of ones and zeros. Well, perfect. Perfect. Then you're already in the right mindset for this. Perfect. Okay. Are we going to Conspiracy Corner? Yes, we are. Buckle up, nerds, because I'm about to take (laughs) you on a wild ride. Sit the fuck down. Yeah. Cucks. Strap in. Because we're going to talk about something that I know keeps Everett awake at night. And that is. Wait, let me guess. He actually has no idea what this is. No, about. I don't. Well, I know we're in Conspiracy Corner, so mm-hmm. is it something to do with Alex Jones? No, but he does comment on this topic. Oh, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves then. Just you're you're making me jiggle with fear and excitement. <laughs> All right. I'm talking about this topic is not specifically about it, but it it pertains to the Freemasons who I know have mystified Everett since probably birth. I mean, yeah. Why have I never been invited? Why can't women be invited? I mean, what are they hiding? What are their secrets? Right. Do you have any like Freemason paraphernalia? I do have one thing that was gifted slash stolen to me from a friend whose father is a Freemason and he still has not revealed any secrets to me. No. When you what is it? It's a plate with their emblem on it, like the the compass or whatever with the what letter is in it? Is it just an M or something? Sure. I don't know. That's it, though. But does it seem rife with symbology? Yeah, definitely. Their logo. It's only their logo, but their logo is filled with it. (laughs) Well, the Freemasons come into this story. I started learning about this particular topic, and it was originally just supposed to be a, a, a slight mystery. And then holy shit, did it spiral into conspiracy town. We are talking about the Georgia Guidestones. Do you know what those are? No, it doesn't have anything to do with all of these monoliths that keep appearing across the world. No, well, not that I know of, but honestly, it would not surprise me if that if they were connected. Okay. 
So I'm going to start, we're going to start with, this might jump around, but we're going to start with the Georgia Guidestones and it's going to devolve from there. I, I love it. Okay. Okay. So here's, here's the story of the Georgia Guidestones. In June of 1979, a man who called himself R.C. Christian went to the Elberton Granite Finishing Company in Elberton, Georgia. Okay. He went there specifically to commission a monument. The only person that was working there was the executive of the company right then. He happened to be the only one at the desk. So he walks up to the executive. He says, I want to commission a monument. R.C. Christian is not my real name. I will never tell you my real name. It's a pseudonym. I'm here on behalf of a small group of loyal Americans who believe in God. And then he explained that this monument would be a compass, calendar, and clock, and has to be capable of withstanding future catastrophic events. <laughs> it's a lot of demands. Right. So thinking that this guy was crazy, obviously, yeah. the executive just wanted to get him out of his office. So what he did was he gave R.C. Christian a ridiculously high quote, like an abno way higher than anything else he's ever quoted for because a monument of the scale would be it would require specialists and extra tools and a bunch of time so he just quoted him something super high hoping that this man would be like oh okay do you know what the, the quote was like what number I, it was i don't and actually um we do not because everything about this was super secretive and i will okay i'll kind of go into the bank issues later but rc christian to that man's surprise, said, okay, that's fine. When can you get started? So money was no object for this guy. As he was arranging the payment, I'm just going to call him R.C. R.C. mentioned that he's representing a group that has been planning this monument for at least 20 years, and they are insisting on remaining anonymous in every way. Privacy is paramount. Okay. They purchased the land that it was to go on, from a farmer already. So they had about five acres of land and they gave that farmer and his kids lifetime cattle grazing rights. So clearly the only purpose for this land was to erect this monument. You said erect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, hold on though. So maybe you'll get to this in a second, but mm -hmm. did RC Cola say what the purpose of the monument was yet? No. Okay. No. Okay. It's just he represents a group of loyal Americans that want to erect a monument. Okay. Jumping forward a little bit, before I describe the monument to you, I'm just going to kind of hone in on the amount of secrecy that was involved in this project. There are two people in the entire world who have seen R.C. Christian, and there is one person who knows what his identity is. So the person who saw him was the contractor who built the monument. And the other person who knows who he is is the banker who acted as his agent. So the contractor originally was incredibly skeptical because this isn't like a huge undertaking. This monument, just so many different parts. It's massive amounts of unbroken slabs of granite that need to be carved. Um, so he insisted that R.C., get a banker to like assure him that he was going to be paid. For. Right. So he's right. not starting until he gets at least some sort of down payment. So RC said, is there a banker in town that you trust? Cause I will work with him. Sure. If that it makes you more comfortable. Right. That banker refused to work with 
RC until he knew what his actual identity was. Right. Because it was a substantial amount of money. I'm not. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Right. So RC gave him his identity, but made him sign an affidavit that he would never reveal to any living soul who his, what his actual identity is and that all documents, bills, letters, pictures, anything involving this project would be destroyed afterwards, except for the monument. Okay. <laughs> and actually, this banker has so far said that if somebody held a gun to his head, he still wouldn't reveal the identity. We know that R.C., at this point, he has died. Okay. Um, and so has the contractor. So the only person in the entire world who knows the identity of R.C. and could potentially know the purpose of this monument is an 80-year-old man who refuses to ever give up his identity. That's so weird. Another interesting thing is that R.C. didn't even trust the banker very much. He sent money from different banks all across the United States. He would only interact with the banker in written letters back and forth, and the letters never came from the same place twice. They were from all across the country, just bouncing around. When the project was set to begin, R.C. looked at the contractor, said, you will never see me again, and then walked out of the room. <laughs> okay. From then on, the only person he was ever in contact with was the banker, just because he was making continual payments. And um, I think I read that even after the monument was up and their deal was done, he kind of struck up a friendship with the banker and they kind of kept like a letter correspondence. But he never revealed, according to the banker, any of the the reasoning for this on this project at all. Huh. Yep. And they've met like a few times since, apparently. Okay. But now this banker, he's an 80-year-old man. He's going to take this secret to his grave. He says that he, there's no way he will ever tell anybody. So that's cool. There's got to be a reason for that because like it must be a very high profile person. Well, first off, it was a high if it was a high profile person, both of, like one of them would have recognized him at some point. Like you'd see him in the paper, well, you hear well, his name. Sure. But like, I mean, think of all of the billionaires in the world. How many of them can you actually identify other than like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett? Right, right. And we don't know that this man was a billionaire, but. Well, I'm just I'm just saying, like, you know, there's a lot of high profile people where you would have no idea that they're like wealthy or significant. Right. Doesn't it weird you out, though, that he says he represents a group of God fearing, loyal Americans? Well, that just like, who is that? Well, it, it screams Freemasonry to me. And I know you kind of already mentioned that. But also, you said the monument has the compass, too. No, it's it acts as a compass. Oh, it acts as a compass. Yeah. OK. So on March 22nd of 1980. The monument was unveiled before an audience of at least 100 people. Okay. A, a lot of it were local people who were super pissed off that this monument was being created. Yeah, and they're like, what the hell is going on here? What's going on? They were aware in advance of what the messaging on the monument was going to be. Okay. And they were very unhappy with it. So there were several people there who were unhappy with it. But one person who was not there was R.C. Christian. He never once viewed the monument. He never went to visit it. That we know of. That we know of. Correct. And he definitely did not go to the unveiling. After the monument was finished, R.C. Christian, just to get rid of all evidence, sold the 
he didn't even sell it. He gave the land back to the county and the monument. So now it's owned by the county. He has absolutely nothing to do with it. The whole point was just to make sure this monument was built and then be gone forever. Wouldn't he be worried that the county would be like, to hell with this monument and just tear it down? Well, here's the thing. It's controversial enough that the town is very protective of it because it's a huge tourist attraction at this point. Okay. And here's why. I'm going to describe the stones themselves. They're located about 90 miles east of Atlanta, Georgia, for Mm. reference. Yep, yep. The monument itself is nine miles north of the center of town because it's in like a remote like farmland area. Sure, okay. Yeah, it's just in the middle of, of grassland. It's 19 feet, three inches tall. It consists of six granite slabs weighing a total of 237,746 pounds. Holy shit. So it's set up. There's one granite slab, kind of like a pillar standing tall in the center. Okay. And the, there's four other slabs arranged around it in a circle. Not like boxing in the middle slab, but pointing outwards. So it kind of is like an X with a slab in the middle. Yep. I, Does that make sense Yes, to you? so it's just an X with like in the center is one big slab. Yes, and then on top of all of them is a capstone. Okay. On each of these slabs, there are 10 guidelines, kind of like the 10 commandments. Each side of each slab has the same 10 guidelines written on it in different languages. One side of one stone has English and the other side of that one has Spanish. Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, traditional Chinese, and Russian. Okay. So here are the guidelines, and they're interesting. Guideline one, maintain humanity under 500 million people in perpetual balance with nature. (laughs) Okay. Two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Okay. Three, unite all of humanity with a living new language. Four. Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Six, let all nations rule internally, but external disputes should be resolved in a world court. Seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Nine, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. And ten, be not a cancer on the earth, leave room for nature. Mm. What are your thoughts? Do any of those particularly pop out to you? I mean, yeah, a lot of them scream New World Order. A lot of them scream 1984, like, you know, double speak type stuff. Mm-hmm. And it pisses me off because... Oh, libertarian side of me just like leave me the fuck alone it gets it gets so much worse so when these were first unveiled people were unsettled by the messages on them especially this is a small town in the south this is a town full of christians one i'm sure a lot of people that want to be left alone too like they don't want anyone telling them what to do so any like messaging of basically a new world order is going to piss them off right but i mean the main focus of most of the the hate against this monument is the quote unquote satanic messaging. For instance, at the time there were 4.5 billion people on earth. Yep, 
which means this stone is calling for, for the execution of deaths 4 billion of eight people. out of every nine people, which means today that would be 12 out of every 13 people. And I'm sorry, I listened to every single one of those guidelines. I didn't get any satanic well, imagery hold from it. Hold your horses. Oh, sorry. Um, maintaining so sorry. fitness and reproduction is essentially what Nazis were going for. Breeding programs. Yep, trying to make the perfect mm-hmm. human. Calling for the creation of a world language and one world government is actually warned against in the book of Revelations as accomplishments of the Antichrist. Oh, okay. So that's the the biggest argument they have for it being satanic, but also rule number four, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. So uh, they're saying temper faith, like... Yes. Faith is not the number one priority. Yeah. Exactly. So people were very upset about that. That's just the writing on four of the stones. There's more. I mean, I I will say, though, that one. Can you read that one again? Number four. Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. I agree with that one, honestly. Well, I mean, it sounds reasonable. Yeah. But at the same time, you want someone telling you how you're supposed to feel about things? What you're supposed to believe. No, no, I'm just saying I agree with that statement. And in that who is there to tell you what's reasonable and what's not? What I think is reasonable in terms of faith may be completely unreasonable to somebody else. No, it's true. But you can say that about anything. I'm just saying I, it's a good guideline, as the stone said, to just sure. be be a little more moderate about stuff. I mean, that again depends on your definition of moderate. Okay, so that's just the writing. That's the main writing. That's why they're called the Georgia Guidestones. They've okay. got those 10 commandments, and they're written in that For, many ways. When you said Guidestones, I was picturing, like, like uh, it's guiding you to, like, a certain area or something. Like, it is acting as a guide and not showing you guidelines. Nope. Nope. They're more, it's kind of like, I mean, here in Duluth, there's those weird statues of the Ten Commandments. That's what it's like. It's more of like a... But massive. But massive and more mysterious. Okay. So that's what's written on those four stones. The way it's set up is that those four outer stones are oriented to mark the limits of the 18.6 year lunar declination cycle. Okay. I looked it up. I, I do not have a head for astronomy or space events, but basically what I understand is that the, it's the lunar equivalent of a solstice. And these dates were significant to Bronze Age societies who built monuments like Stonehenge. Sure. So there's a, that's one of the reasons this monument is called the modern Stonehenge. Because it, it kind of, it was set up to look like Stonehenge as well. Right. The center column has a hole drilled into it from which you can always see the North Star. And there's a slot that carved in, that is carved into it that aligns with the sun's solstices and equinoxes. There's also a hole in the capstone at the top that allows a ray of sun to beam through and hit the middle pillar mm-hmm. every day. Um, and that shines a beam on the center stone, which indicates what day of the year it is. So Weird. it's a calendar. It's a clock. Very sophisticated just by just using sunlight. Mm-hmm. And- Though actually by general standards, this is information that like ancient people have been right. Like Stonehenge is a thousand times more sophisticated. No, than I, yeah, for sure. And uh, also Machu Picchu did something similar right. too. Not with like calendars, but um, there is something else going. I think it was with the 
equinoxes and solstices. Right. But it, it basically meant to mirror that. Right. Okay, so a couple feet away from the actual monument, there's a, a granite tablet set into the ground, which has information about the monument. So it's got the date the monument was created, how much it weighs, how tall it is, the astronomical features, and the people who sponsored it. Underneath all of this information, there's a square carved into this like a, like a granite tablet. Yeah, like a dedication. Yes, exactly. And in that square, it says, let these be guidestones to an age of reason. And around the edges of this square are written translations of that sentence in Babylonian cuneiform, classical Greek, Sanskrit, and ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs. Very weird. Mm -hmm. So it's like the guides, the guidelines are meant for humans, but possibly that dedication or that message is meant for aliens that were familiar with us thousands of years ago? Maybe. Now you know about the mysterious stones. You know about the circumstances of their birth. What do you think about them? Like, what, what, what's your first thoughts? Ignore I, that I said anything about Freemasonry. You don't know anything yeah, about that I mean, right now. You just know sure. that there's a weird-ass memorial or monument in the middle of Georgia. I mean, a lot of things are screaming out to me. Aliens, um, New World Order. Even if you hadn't said Freemasons, I feel like I would have kind of thought of that a little bit because of the loyal American thing, because that's definitely very Freemason. I know they were in Europe, too, but like it's mm -hmm. definitely very modern-day Freemason. And... I, I don't know. I feel like if I lived in that town, I would also be a little upset. Well, a lot of the people in the town were upset because this has become like a like a magnet for like pagan and satanic ritual. Right. Just non-Christians. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, they people have sacrificed like birds around it and there have been there's been at least one wedding of two witches. <laughs> I mean good for them. Yes. No, I know. <laughs> but like, you know, if you're yeah, no, if you're like a the conservative Christian, you're going to exactly. be upset by it. So it, it's brought in people that maybe the the people of this town would not like in their town. But, you know, they can get over it because it's become a major tourist attraction. Right. So now you know the whole history. You know what they look like. What does it mean? Why was it so important to this guy or group that these be built? Why did it have to be such an in intense secret? Because it doesn't seem like it's information I mean, that's going to change the world. Well, and also it's not like it's kept a secret after it was built. He just wanted the construction of it to be a secret. Not even the construction. He just wanted the people who commissioned it to be a secret. Right. No, I mean, people were aware of what it was going to say and how tall it was going to oh, be before okay. it was made. Okay. They, he just, he commissioned it. And then he was he was a ghost. Hmm. So it, it was no secret that this was going up. It's just a secret. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> the secret is why. Yes. Why and who? Like, what is the reasoning? It doesn't give any actual instruction how to live. Like, it's not relevant to current times. No, but it does give instruction, though. Yes. It's just yes, it like does. it's just very. I don't know. It's not. They're all not feasible. There have been numerous conspiracies about this, as you could probably imagine. But the number one theory is that it was built in the 1980s. And what year did it go up again? 1980. It was built 1980. in 1979. It, went, it was up in 1980. That's like the height of the Cold War. Right. So 
if you think about it, these could be instructions about how to maintain the Earth after a potential nuclear Armageddon. I guess, sure. In addition, these stones have been labeled the Ten Commandments of the Antichrist. Okay. And as I said earlier, some of these guidelines are interesting, like population control. They talk about a world government, guidelines for reproduction. Um, There's a man named Mark Dice, and he once demanded that these guidestones be smashed into a million pieces, and then the rubble should be used for construction project because they are of deep satanic origin, and that R.C. Christian belongs to a Luciferian secret society related to the New World Order. Okay. This New World Order, he claims... It's a group of elite people who are developing life extension technology that will stop the aging process. And they fear that with the current popula- growing population of Earth, all of the resources that they want to utilize as ancient, forever living beings will be used up and depleted before their technology is ready for them to use. I so mean- basically, they're creating life enhancing, extending technology. But um, it's not going to be useful if all of the resources. Yeah. Are I mean, if, if that were true, that makes sense. Because if you're basically creating immortality or something close to it, you can't keep having more babies, people. That makes sense. Right. So that's Mark Dice's theory. Okay. There's another popular conspiracy theorist named Jay Widener. And he believes that R.C. Christian purposely chose that name um, to represent Rose Cross Christian. Christian Rosencross, the founder of the Rosicrucian Order. Have you heard of that before? I am unfamiliar. Okay. It's also called the Order of the Rosy Cross. The Rosicrucian Order is a secret society that originated during medieval Germany, and they claim to know things about nature and the universe that us regular folk just would they, not be able to okay. understand. I, that actually sounds familiar now because don't, didn't a lot of the Nazi party have roots in that? I believe I believe they did, and like all the weird mystical portions of like Adolf's re- yes. Adolf Hitler's regime was. Yep, they're involved ti- with well, that. they're tied to Freemasonry as well. Right. Yep. So, and I I will touch on that in a bit because the Nazis come into here. We got Freemasons. We got you know, there's just there's everything in this story. It's got everything, everything you could possibly want. Mothman. Not Mothman. I honestly tried <laughs> okay. to find a way to tie Mothman in here, and it doesn't work. There's a Mothman monument. We'll leave it at that. All right. Well, Jay Widener claims that part of the evidence that this may be part of the Rosicrucian order is because the secrecy that was maintained during the creation of this project is like really typical of the Rosicrucians in that they announced themselves to the world in the early 1600s with a bunch of anonymous manifestos that were sent around the world and they became like super popular, like super well-known. But even to this day, nobody has a single idea of who may have written those. Sure. I don't know. But why? I mean, even then, why Why would the Rosicrucians want to erect this monument? Like, they may have secret knowledge that we don't understand. But, like, what would be the point of erecting a monument that everyone can see then? If yeah. you're meant to be keeping your knowledge to yourself. Well, the Rosicrucians apparently have knowledge of a 13,000-year solar cycle. During the climax of this solar cycle, coronal mass ejections are going to devastate the Earth. Do you know what a coronal mass ejection is? Because I'm, I'm not guessing that's sure. a sun flare. Sure. Like it, on a massive scale that will like burn up the Earth. Burn up. 
I think more more likely the atmosphere, which would greatly change Earth. Right. So they know that this is going to happen and they know when it's going to happen, apparently. Um, and right now they are currently wreaking chaos to collapse the United States financial system. And by collapsing the United States financial system, they um, would cause major disruption in oil and food supplies, mass rioting, and ethnic wars, which will devastate humanity's population. Did the Rosicrucians create coronavirus? And everything else that has happened this yes. year with like they the, riots the riots and the economic collapse yep. from COVID? And did the Georgia guidelines foresee this or did they warn us? I mean, I don't think the Guidestones did, but maybe the people behind it did. Well, the point of all of this is to get population down. And the Guidestones were placed there to instruct any survivors of all of this mass wars and sun flares and financial distress in how to maintain the Earth. Okay. Here's an interesting fact about it. It's been found that encoded within the dimensions of the monument is the height and feet of the Burj Khalifa, which is the tallest building of the world in the world. Oh, okay. I was like, what the hell is was that, that a coincidence? I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> this suggests that the builders knew of the future plans to create the Burj Khalifa, a.k.a. the modern Tower of Babel, ushering in a new area, era where man can become his own god. What do you think about that, sheeple? I mean, who made that, though? The, the, whatever. Yeah. Oh, that shows up later. Okay. Let me keep don't, going. Don't yell at me. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about, about when these bad boys were built. Middle of the Cold War. It sounds, I mean, like, if you think about it, it sounds like somebody is giving warnings about an impending nuclear disaster and they want to provide the survivors with guidelines how to live life and avoid this in the future. R.C. Christian actually wrote a book under his pseudonym. So we still don't know who he is, but he wrote a book and actually you can buy this book today at the Guidestones Museum. That's I'm not going to because I don't want my money going to Freemasonry. Well, pretty much what he wrote is like today's Republican ideology. Um, Ayn Rand type stuff? Uh, yes. I mean, he talks about there's right now the world is there's too much spending, too much frivolous spending, too much regulation and the breakdown of the traditional family. Okay. So he kind of rants on about like old man stuff. But he also advocates. See, this is the opposite of the Republican Party. He advocates mass sterilization in this book, and he says that the state should have a say in whether or not you need children. Um, he's in favor of state-run breeding programs to produce superior intelligence and desirable mental and physical qualities. And he says that the state gets to dictate how you raise your children. And if they feel that your children are no longer needed or that you're no longer a suitable parent, they can take your children. So children are property of the state. The reason they want to dictate how children are raised is because he thinks that is the best way to create a docile and loyal population. Hmm. In order to vote, he says that you need to be employed and you have to pass vigorous um, intelligence and educational requirements. And if you lose your job, you become unable to vote and you become a slave to the government. So, like, if you 
lost your job due to some like economic problem. You become a slave to the government. You're supposed to take over work that is currently being done by illegal immigrants in America. And if you refuse to do that work, you starve and you die because you are not being loyal to the state. Mm. Uh, in addition to this, health care should be rationed only to favor individuals whose lives are most valuable as determined by the state. So if you were a perfectly upstanding citizen, you were determined, it was determined that like you could have kids, you were raising your kids, you were a family, you could vote. You got into an accident at work and like lost your hand. You, but you weren't deemed important enough to have any health care. So you could no longer work. You could no longer vote. Your children would be taken away from you and you would become a slave to the state. And if you couldn't perform up to their standards because you only have one hand, you just die. Apparently, that's his ideal society. <laughs> well, OK, hold on. R.C. Cola. Do we know roughly how old he was around this time? I mean, I know we don't they know his identity. They described him as a stately middle aged gentleman in 1979. Mm hmm. He's no longer alive. I know, I know. Yeah. But I'm just trying to kind of place how old he was at the time, because what if in 1945, Adolf Hitler did not die, moved to Argentina, and then came to America? And the reason that no one recognized him is because he shaved the stash. I don't know, man. That theory is as good as any of this other bullshit I'm about to read you. And by bullshit, I mean honest to God truth. Well, it is so weird that this has been built and they're like, they kept it so secretive. Like, yep. Why? I don't know. But here's where the Freemasons come in. So I told you his whole philosophy of what the world should be like. Mm -hmm. The town in Georgia where these stones were put up is actually a town full of Christian Freemasons. I guess Freemasons don't have to be Christian. You just have no. to pledge loyalty to a higher power. Correct? Right. Okay. Well, this is a fairly Christian town. There's a lot of Freemasons in this town. So the children of the people who built this monument said, you know, the contractor was a Freemason. Had it had any sort of satanic meaning or he thought it had satanic meaning, he wouldn't have built it. That's their argument. He's also getting paid a shit ton of money to build it. Too. Yes. Yes. So the city manager of this town once divulged that the Masonic Lodge people were the instigators of this project mm -hmm. to a University of Texas professor. If the city manager is correct and the Freemasons were involved in this project, here is what it might mean. This is the might be the history behind it. Okay. In 1871, a man named Albert Pike wrote a book called Morals and Dogma of the Ancient and Accepted Scottish Rite of Freemasonry. There's a long and convoluted story, but a woman named Helena Blavatsky expanded on the concepts of this book. And she expanded it outside of Masonry mm -hmm. to create a concept, well, solidify a concept called theosophy. Like, okay, I actually am familiar with this because I knew that name sounded familiar to okay. me. Well, the central theme of theosophy, for those people who don't know of it, actually existed long before Albert, Albert Pike even wrote his book. This is an old concept, but I think she may be the one who gave it a name. Yep. Um, essentially, the concept, the, the, the thought behind it is that man can attain divinity. 
and that God is jealous of this and he tries to thwart our efforts to obtain godhood. Satan is actually man's ally, assisting us in attempting to become gods. And they prove this through passages in Genesis, specifically Genesis 3.22. Basically, it's a story of Adam and Eve gaining knowledge from eating the apple. And God said, like, you now have the knowledge of all life and death. Yep. So essentially proving that humans are capable of obtaining the same knowledge as God. There's also a passage in Genesis about the Tower of Babel, where God says that when all people are united under one language, there's nothing that can stop them from what they've imagined to do. So, in that sense, Godhood is obtainable for man if mankind is united under a single world order and language. Mm-hmm. However, they do specify that not everyone can become gods and that the people who don't become gods are meant to worship the ones who do become gods. So basically we're talking about a, um, an elitist group of yeah, people. They're just trying to, gods. yeah, they're just trying to get power themselves. Yes. It sounds like. All right. Well now let's bring that back to the guidestones. Mm-hmm. They were unveiled on March 22nd. Genesis three twenty two describes the obtenation of Human knowledge. March 22nd, 322. Is that a coincidence? Lucifer is represented by the number 666. The monument is 18 feet tall. 6 plus 6 plus 6 is 18. This is a well-recognized method of incorporating 666 into structures. The number 18 also shows up in the year the monument was unveiled, 1980. 1 plus 9 plus 8, 18. Okay. The proportion of the guidestones are one by four by ten. This could be an encoding for the day January 4th, 2010, the same date that the Burj Khalifa, the highest structure in the world, was finished, representing the Tower of Babel, as I mentioned previously, representing the concept of a new world order and a new world language. But that's not it. The capstone has a proportion of one by four by six. The Burj Khalifa was named after the leader of Abu Dhabi who bailed out Dubai after a financial crisis. But the leader before him died on January 4th, 2006. One, four, six. Irrefutable proof. <laughs> All of they, this, they can also tell the future, yes. too. This was written by a guy named Van Smith. He is the leading conspiracy expert in this. And honestly, the big story he wrote was called Decoding the Georgia Guidestones. And I got so sucked into it. Like, he writes it like he knows exactly what's going on. And then I got to the Burj Khalifa and the dimensions, and it kind of lost me a little bit. Yeah, the the numerology type stuff, like, I I don't know, man. That's all just reading into stuff a little too much. We're finding things that aren't really there. You don't know. That's true. Think of how high, like, the intense, they've got a hole that'll view the North Star. Like, there's a bunch of math that had to have gone into creating this in the first place. And that's place. very, very true. But I'm just thinking, like... Who the fuck would do that? Well, and also, that I mean, they're pulling out dates about the future, too. Like, how could they right. predict, like, when well, someone's going to die? If, if they were the Freemasons, they would know the dates. Because they have knowledge like the Rosicrucian order of these 
you know, they're they're behind all of the race wars. And, Supposedly, uh, yes. Take the blue pill. Ugh. Wake up, sheeple. Is it the blue one? I thought you take the red one. I don't know. I actually never saw those movies. Oh my god. How can you even how can you even do a conspiracy episode and you've never like watched The Matrix? Look, I don't know what your deal is, <laughs> but I just pro- provided you irrefutable proof. Okay. About the Georgia Guidestones. Okay. In conclusion, the Guidestones predict and endorse a satanic totalitarian world order where children are property of the state and what we now consider to be human rights would simply be privileges granted to you by the government run by a group of elites who will live forever due to their age reduction technology. And that is what the Georgia Guidestones means. Before... The Church of Satan comes at us. I do not endorse the word of satanic in this way. <laughs> I will say, um, but yeah, what the fuck? Like, what what does this all mean, though? Really? Like, that's, see, I started like researching this, just being like, "Oh, that's an interest." Like, I wonder who did that, and then it devolved into conspiracies about Luciferian orders, which. Taught me things about Freemasonry that I didn't know about. I honestly thought it was just a bunch of old men in a lodge smoking cigars, but it turns out they're orchestrating the end of the world as we know it, trying to promote a genocide of humanity down to 500,000 or 500 million people. It's insane. Who built it? I want to know who RC Cola is. We're, well, we're never going to know. Never. I, I really hope that banker like has a like something written down after he dies or something. So here's what's interesting. He is adamant that he will never, ever, ever disclose the name of the, uh, of who R.C. Christian is. R.C. Christian himself told him the reason he didn't want his name revealed is because once it's not secret anymore, people won't be interested. So he's just really boring. Right. He's trying to create an illusion of mystery, which he did. Yes. Successfully. But at the same time, he the banker was also supposed to destroy all relevant documents and evidence. And actually, he apparently keeps them in a computer case in his garage and has not yet destroyed them. He How also, come anyone hasn't just like stolen it if he just announced that to the world? I I mean, I, I assume it's better protected than described. I don't know. Maybe it is Hitler. I don't know. But basically, it sounds like the Freemasons are Nazis. Well, at least R.C. Christian took a lot of Nazi imagery. But that's assuming he's a Freemason, too. I'm just. Uh, well, yeah, you can't see. You don't know. He could be a, a part of the Rosicrucian. Order yeah, I or think some th- other offshoot Luciferian order. But what's interesting is that they all seem to kind of combine to create the concept of a new world order. That's true. If that were to happen, they would all have to combine anyway under one totalitarian government right so this mm. is where beyonce comes in yeah beyonce and kanye i don't i don't even anyways we all know that beyonce is going to have, take some age reduction technology and oh if that's world. available hell yeah she will well yeah i mean i would take it if it was available but she's going to take it and rule the world as a goddess I don't. Would you take Would you take the immortality pill if it was available to you? You can't even get people to take the COVID vaccine. <laughs> like honestly, I did think about this, and I. It depends on who's taking it with me. Like I, w- if if they were like, you can have this, but no one you know can, I wouldn't take it. I don't know if I would ever want to be immortal. It would get very boring. 
And also, I imagine you could still kill yourself. You wouldn't be immortal. You just wouldn't right. naturally. That's true. Die. You wouldn't age. That's true. I don't know though. I just it's just like I would rather be remembered than just constantly be re- be around. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of feel the same way. It just seems like it would it would get old. Plus, don't you want to know what's next? Like that's another mystery like, to be I, answered. I mean, I guess. But that's that's an episode about near death experiences we can talk about later. Someday, I spoiler and nothing. You just you're in the ground. Sorry. You never know. <laughs> the point is, this is why you can trust no one. That's true. Look at the person no next to you. I don't trust. Are you. they part of an elitist new world order plotting the death of billions of people? For their own benefit? You don't know. I think Colin might be a robot. I thought that earlier today. So I, I literally do not trust anyone. Throwing that out there. Anyways. Well, that, that was actually super interesting. I do want to like look at pictures of this monument. We should post some pictures, I think, I on, will, the, yes. on the socials. Honestly, looking at it, I mean, it sounds very imposing. Looking at it, it looks like just like a granite monument. Yeah. I still want to look at it. What's interesting is like it's clear the point of this is to withstand nuclear Armageddon because he made it very obvious that the point was to withstand war. And yes. I mean, like it seems like it was created to, for the next generation of humans. Give me five minutes. I'll take it down. Well, it's interesting because um, at one point there was a random chunk taken out of the top, like a perfect cube. And nobody could figure out who did it. And then a guy got caught trying to put it back. And he said that he took it for his own esoteric purposes, but he couldn't handle the weight of it anymore. So he put it back. <laughs> the weight of it or the literal weight of it? I don't know. The, po- <laughs> the point is, it's clearly not that indestructible. Well, and also you said took a cube out of it. Was it like already in the shape of a cube or did he cut out he a cube? He cut a cube out of the top of this granite capstone. Whoa. So or he- I, I think it might have been one of the four... So, but he had, he had the tools available to him Mm -hmm. to do that. It's been consistently vandalized. Not surprising. No, not surprising at all. Um, they have two security cameras up around it now, but they don't, they're not actually functioning. They're just like. (laughs) That's what you say. Well, right. I, they could be working, but like people are so upset about this monument. They're, they're not just like spray painting it. They're using like polyurethane and like things that can't just be sprayed off. Like the, the people who maintain it have had to like take a chisel to it to get like weird resins off and stuff. Weird. The thing is, even the the people of the town are really protective of it because it has like majorly increased tourism and uh, even yeah, religious sure. tourism. Yeah. Like it's become a major like pagan attraction. Hmm. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Well. I, I did mention at the beginning, Alex Jones did talk about oh, this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He just said it was like, you know, global. Oh, yeah, globalist, globalist, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Just thought I'd bring it, bring it full circle. Sure. Well, this is the point that we would have a listener story. Um, I will say we are recording this very, very shortly after we released our last episode. So we don't have any listener stories yet. Um, So I wanted to share something that is breaking news and it's been upsetting Colleen that she can't look into it because I told her not to because I want to talk about it. I saw the headline on my news app and Everett said, stop. (laughs) So, so yeah, this is breaking news and this will date this episode. Today is December 11th, 
2020. And after 51 years, someone has finally cracked the code on one of the Zodiac Killer's ciphers. For those that don't know much about the Zodiac Killer, just brief description. Uh, he was a serial killer that's ravaged like the northern area of California, uh, most specifically the San Francisco area, but kind of areas around it too. And he was killing people and then sending encrypted messages to the police and to media outlets. And no one has been able to decipher them. Well, I mean, in the past, some have been deciphered, but the one that was just figured out today, or at least announced today, was what was considered the uncrackable one, and that they would never figure it out. What does it say? I'll get there. All right, so the person that cracked it, or at least the person that led the team that cracked it, is named David Orenchak. He is from Virginia, and he's been working on this since 2006, so it's been 14 years I that he's like been there doing this. Probably been a lot of because this has been a publicly available. Mm-hmm. Yep, you can code. look. Up, you can I'm, look up the. I'm sure, there have been tons of people who just look at it every day. You know, yeah. like it's one of those puzzles they want to solve. Yeah, and now it's solved. And is this one of those guys, or did he work for? He's he's okay. So what he does is he's like a web designer and coder, and he's been trying to build algorithms that will kind of help him figure this out ah. for 14 years okay. it's but he's him. just like a personal enthusiast he doesn't work for the government no 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 no. Okay. he's this he's a private citizen okay so this is a quote from him this is exciting we've been sitting on this solution since last saturday so it's been about a week when i first started looking at the zodiac ciphers all those years ago i thought oh i can just write a computer program and solve it but it's been a kicking it's been kicking my ass this whole time until now so and I will say also, um, the FBI acknowledged that a private citizen did solve it, and they're not going to make any additional statements because they want to honor the victims' families, and it's an ongoing case technically, so they sure. don't want to say anything else. Um, this is called the um, the three forty cipher because there are three hundred forty characters on this. Okay, and this is the big. Was this the one that was like published in the newspaper? I think most of them were. Okay. This is not the largest one, though. Okay. It's just the most convoluted. Sure, sure, sure. And I kind of read a brief description how it was figured out, and I don't understand it. Computer stuff. Well, not really. It's just like... Linguistic stuff. And like the positioning of the characters were like purposefully rearranged diagonally. So like you had to kind of... Again, there's no actual order to it, so you kind of have to like figure out what the Zodiac Killer did. And I don't know. But it makes sense. Complicated code. This makes perfect sense, and I'll give the context after I read it. So this is the message. Okay. There are no punctuation marks, so it kind of reads like a run-on sentence. Okay. I hope you are having lots of fun and trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show, which brings up a point about me. I am not afraid of the gas chamber, because it will send me to paradise all the sooner, because I now have enough slaves to work for me where everyone else has nothing. When they reach paradise... So they are afraid of death. I am not afraid because I know that my new life will be an easy one in paradise. Death. What? So the context is. I thought that it was going to reveal who he was. No. That's bullshit. (laughs) So the context is, and this actually does potentially help the case too, because this cipher 
was sent to, I believe it was the San Francisco Chronicle. I think it was yes, one of the local so. papers and it was sent to them very, very shortly after a morning TV program in San Francisco. So on this TV show, there were two people that took a call from someone that was claiming to be the Zodiac killer. And on that call, he said, I don't want to go to the gas chamber. So in so in this message, the encrypted message that was finally solved as of today or announced Mm -hmm. today, the actual true Zodiac killer was telling the media and telling the police that that caller was not him and he doesn't fear death. But like, why write that in a code? I don't know. (laughs) Like what? I it just speaks to. I mean, obviously, this man is massively intelligent to come up with that kind of a code. I mean, arguably. I myself am a huge fan of Last Podcast on the Left. Oh, yeah. Give them a listen. Of course, I'm sure you've already heard of them if if you're listening listening to this this show. They did a series on the Zodiac Killer. And if I remember correctly, there are definitely a lot of pieces of evidence that basically just say this guy was kind of like it was either multiple people all claiming to be the Zodiac Killer or it was just one guy kind of bumbling through everything and just writing shit down on a piece of paper and like. It's just taken years and years because it didn't make actual sense. Yeah. I'm both satisfied and disappointed in the whole thing. I thought it was going to be like, my name is Jim. I know. I was, I was actually thinking about congratulate. I'm telling you, congratulations. My name is Ted Cruz. And I'm the <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I bet Ted Cruz is part of the New World Order. I that's mean, why if it exists, I'm sure he is. And that sucks that he is and not like, I don't not know. Not the Zodiac? Lil Nas or someone. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, it is a little disappointing, but it's also at the same time, very, very satisfying and exciting that someone finally cracked the code after, what was it, 51 years or something? Yeah, Jesus. And I mean, it's been so long and you have to assume the Zodiac Killer was definitely at least 20 at the time, but most likely a lot older than that. So he's definitely dead by now. Oh, yeah. Like he's not around anymore. So well, if he is, he's a very old. Yeah. So why wouldn't he reveal what? OK, here's the thing. Why are people so selfish that they will not reveal themselves on their deathbeds? Like you're going to be dead. Why does it matter if people know who you are now? That's true. I mean. Just like last week, we talked about this. You're not going to be president anymore. Tell us if aliens exist. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I don't know. Maybe someday we, I'm, I feel like someday we will find out who the Zodiac killer is. This is well, actually. I mean, if, if it's been 51 years and a giant clue has basically been decoded. I mean. I don't know me, how much evidence. Like clue, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much evidence or anything will actually be gained from it, but. It's still interesting, and I feel like since they are actively working on this case, and it's one of the most notorious cases in American history related to serial killers, I feel like the FBI has got some people working on it still consistently. And, I mean, it has been a long time, too, so maybe it's going to be impossible, but I feel like they will figure out who it was. I hope so. I don't know. I, like every basic white girl, love crimes. (laughs) <laughs> Just listen to true crime all the time. This one, this keeps me up. Like the Mothman forever. This story keeps hey, me up at I, night. I like true crime too a lot. It's just, we're not going to be that podcast for you guys. No, no. Sorry. There's plenty. If you need some recommendations. Let us know. I will. I'll hook you up because I, that's what I do it all day. <laughs> just listen to, to gruesome crime. Well, 
next week, we most likely will not be talking about a true crime story again because we're hoping that you will send us your spooky stories. Yes. So please send us a personal experience that you have had or maybe a friend or family member. Or a conspiracy you believe in. True. Anything. Anything you want to share, send over to either our email at contact at nerdsloth.com or send us a DM on any of the socials on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. All handles are at nerdslothhq. Yes. I apologize for how like convoluted and all over the place this episode was, but if you... That's how all conspiracy it's is. Just, it was just like even the most like accepted conspiracy theories are the most popular ones. At least they're still all over the place. I know, and I tried so hard to like write it down in an order that made the most sense. But I realized as I was talking aloud, it was just like hopping from yeah, thing to that, thing. That's you know, and that's why people love conspiracies. It's the character, right? Because you're just jumping around. That's why people like Alex Jones, the fuckhead. All right, so um, on that, <laughs> that note. That's it. Next week, we will have a Christmas episode that I am very excited yes. to get into. I know last week I said that Everett would be hosting this one, but he's been working hard on a Christmas episode that will yes. come out on Christmas Day. Yeah, so keep an eye out for that. Keep your ears open and don't trust anyone. Trust no one. Okay, we love you. Bye. Bye. Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.